0: Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003.
1: Welcome in to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host... Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger, if you want to drop me a line. Also, check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. We stream the show live every weekday, and we always appreciate your feedback. Well, it was a wild weekend when it came to sports. Andrew Luck of the Colts retired. I mean, what a story. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. And, as far as betting goes, it's really changed the odds when it comes to the Colts. Uh, they were at the odds to uh win the Super Bowl. They were at twelve to one. Now they're sixty to one. So if that tells you how much of an impact uh Andrew Luck has had on the Colts, well, Vegas thinks it's quite a bit uh, They're now at plus four hundred to win the AFC, which is last. So not a whole lot of faith in their them there. Uh, even though Lamar Miller of the Texans tore his ACL. Uh, so not great news for the Texans as well. Uh, we're talking NFL preseason on today's show as well as trends and uh, what to look for in week four because it is a little different in week four uh, as opposed to the other weeks because week four is known for none of the teams playing their starters. We've got Craig Trapp on to talk about that and a little more about the Colts, what he expects uh, from the Andrew Luck News. Moving on to college football with Tony T. We've got MTSU at Michigan, Houston at Oklahoma, and Fresno State at USC for the games we're previewing today. Over the weekend, it was a wild start to college football as well. Uh, Florida and Miami was a bit of a slop fest. A lot of penalties. A lot of messy things in that game, but Florida somehow won it 24-20. They didn't cover, uh, but Arizona and Hawaii Man, that was, that was a shootout. 45-38 was the final score. Hawaii winning that one. Uh, a last-second drive from Arizona just falling short. So what can we learn from those games and apply it to next week? Uh, we'll talk about that with Tony T on today's show as well as our daily baseball picks with Joe Duffy. A lot of stuff to get into today. Uh, it's going to be a great show on this Monday afternoon. If you stick with us after the break... We're talking NFL preseason trends. And week four, we're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio
0: 932 1749 That's eight hundred nine three two seventeen forty nine. 932 1749
1: And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is at Chelsea Messenger. And also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find. Hello, Craig Trapp. Uh, we've had a wild weekend when it comes to football. Andrew Luck has retired. Uh, how do you see that affecting some of the odds? in vegas because obviously it has affected some of the odds and just right off the top i kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that because it was such a big story uh and maybe you can find some value in some of these bets because i don't think jacoby Brissett is that bad of a quarterback thoughts
4: well we've seen him uh in Indy before of course they traded for him a year that uh, Andrew Luck was hurt the last time out. And, you know, he, we saw that he has the ability to win games for them and at least keep them in games. Now, I don't think you're going to put the offense on him. And that's where, uh, and the week one line moved a ton. Obviously, the uh, Chargers were three point favorite. Uh, Colts are playing at the Chargers. Now they're seven point favorite. And I wouldn't doubt if this even moves off that key number of seven. Uh, the total was 47.5 and, and has moved down to 45 uh, for game uh, week one, that is, for the. Colts and Chargers.
1: Right. I don't think anybody's expecting Jacoby Brissett to be Andrew Luck. Uh, clearly, Andrew Luck was incredibly good while he was there at the Colts. Uh, but do you see any value in maybe the win total? Because I believe it went from nine and a half to seven and a half.
4: Well, I like the under uh, in that seven and a half. I just think the Colts, we've seen this when when they didn't. You, when you build your team around uh, and, and you pay these guys Right. The kind of money they paid him. It's a little too late to be changing, and I think that's why the Colts fans were booing him off the field. It's just like if he would have retired in the off season, they'd probably have been okay. But
1: well, I think right it's, it's because he season. was hurt. Though it wasn't. It didn't seem that planned. That's what shocked me. Usually, if he's making a decision that big, he would have thought about it for a long time. But in the press conference, it sounded like he's been mulling it for the past two weeks. That was fishy to me. He must be hurt more than they're leading on.
4: It's a, that's what it sounded like. But to me, I, I mean, I heard the rumbling start about noon um, on Twitter and it just I mean, the rumors were just and I was like, there's no way this is happening. And then, of course, uh, it kind of just snowballed and, uh, until the, they had to come out. They weren't going to do it till Sunday and they ended up doing it on Saturday evening uh, just to get out ahead of this story.
1: Right. Uh, let's take a look at the preseason because that's what we were talking about uh, <laughs> in the open, what we were going to cover. Uh, so far, the preseason, we've seen a trend of starters playing less and less. And week four, I mean, it's, it's known for being the week that none of the starters play. Uh, but looking at the preseason as a whole, what are some of the trends we've been seeing?
4: Well, week three... The underdogs continue to roll and it, you know, depends on where you get some of these numbers because these lines really have, we saw a ton of line movement right up to game time, but the underdogs 10 and six last week, uh, which is pretty impressive. Second straight week that the underdogs rolled. And if you got them at the right time, you really could have gone 12 and four. So the underdogs have been very good and the unders, uh, picked up this week, 11 and five on the unders this week. So unders and underdogs. And I think that has a lot to do with all the starters not playing. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that in week four.
1: All right, so let's take a look at some of these games, uh, starting with the Falcons and the Jaguars. The Falcons, uh, traditionally one of the worst teams in the preseason. I'm not sure uh, the exact numbers, but I know Dan Quinn hasn't won a preseason game in, what, four years? Uh, And that trend has continued this year, 0-4. And they have an extra game this season because of the Hall of Fame game. What do you see as far as this Falcons-Jags game?
4: I don't know if Dan Quinn is trying to set an all-time record for losing the most games in the preseason in a row, but I think it's three years now he hasn't won. And like you said, he's already 0-4 this year. He's going for the 0-5 record. So, and I think he's probably going to get it this week. Uh, there are three-and-a-half-point underdogs with the Jaguars being favored here at Jacksonville. and The Jacksonville hasn't been much better. They're 0-3. I was going to say, if
1: there's any team that maybe they can beat, maybe it's the Jaguars. (laughs) They're 0-3, and uh, and the most points they've scored uh, this preseason has been 10.
4: Their offense had issues last year. It doesn't look like the things are fixed, at least as far as the depth is concerned. Obviously, like we said, most of the starters haven't been playing a whole lot, and that's consistent here in Jacksonville and Atlanta, uh, both of these teams. Obviously, we'll see most of these second, third, and fourth-string guys here. But I'm just going to fade the Atlanta Falcons again because fool me once, fool me twice. I'm not getting fooled five times in the uh, the preseason. Let's take the Jaguars, a minus three and a half. This might uh, be an easy underplay. Like you said, both of these offenses have been pretty bad so far this year.
1: Has the total come out or the over-under came out on these yet?
4: Yes, the total's just starting to, tr- to creep out in some of these games. The total uh, was 32, um, and actually, I see this line actually at three now, so we can call it three. The Jaguars, um, but 32, 32 and a half is the total. I think that's pretty good. Like we said, 11 and five on unders last week. I think you're going to see a lot more low-scoring game this week as coaches just try to get these games over with and keep guys healthy.
1: Right, especially for a Falcons team that's already played four games and they haven't been good in any of them. Uh, Let's move on to the Eagles and the Jets. That's a Thursday game as well, I believe. The Eagles uh, 1-2 and on the preseason, 15 points or less in two of three of those games. Uh, The Jets 1-2 and as well uh, with their only win coming over the Falcons. How do you see this one lining up?
4: Well, the line came out on this one and, and it surprised that the home Jets were favored here at, at three and the total set at 32. I think the totals, you're going to see a lot of these numbers in the 32s for this week. Um, most of the lines are pretty uh, steady still. Obviously, it's Monday, so we still have a few days before Thursday's game. But, I mean, obviously, I think if you're looking at a Jets team that they have, I think, pretty good depth. And an Eagles team that has a lot of veterans, anytime there's a lot of veterans in week four, I usually fade those teams pretty much automatically because you just don't want to see these guys get injured and you're not going to see even the the backups that are veterans aren't going to be playing much in this one. So I think you have to favor the uh, the Jets in this one at minus three. And I think they get it done pretty easily. It's a Philly team that has a lot bigger fish to fry um, and hoping to win this division again this year.
1: The Jets do have a battle for the number three quarterback uh, position, uh, Luke Falk and Davis Webb. And Luke Falk was good last week, three for three, uh, 29 yards and limited action uh, against the Saints. And in three games, he's 16 of 18, 139 yards, two touchdowns. Davis Webb, uh, the former Cal quarterback, seven of 10, 56 yards uh, versus the Saints as well. Uh, so maybe their quarterbacks can put up some points when it comes to the Eagles. Like you mentioned, the Eagles don't really have a whole lot to play for, uh, especially in game four of the preseason. Do you see this Jets uh, team scoring any points?
4: Well, I, I do like that is a good angle uh, when you face uh, teams with, that are not decided on their, who their backup is going to be. If they don't have a veteran backup, so there's a decision between maybe two young guys, I like that because you're going to see uh, both of them get more snaps, and they're going to want them to throw the ball. So I think the Jets will throw the ball way more than the Eagles will as the Eagles just trying to get out of this game uninjured against a Jets team that's trying to figure out who the backup is because, man, in the NFL, you're one, one play away from uh, having your backup have to play multiple snaps or multiple games we've even seen.
1: Right, and I think the Eagles have pretty much decided on Josh McCown being their backup. Uh, yeah. I don't see Nate Sudfield taking that role. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, but McCown does have the experience, and he's looked better in the preseason. So I don't see that being a huge battle. Uh, So I think the battle's more for the Jets when it comes to the quarterback for the number three job. Uh, So who are you taking in that one?
4: We're going to take the Jets minus three here. I just think, like you said, they have a lot more as far as their position battles, and I like that when the young team – I I wouldn't doubt that if we don't see Sudfield go the whole way for the Eagles or the majority of the way just to avoid any injuries uh, to a veteran
2: like McCown.
1: All right, so let's move on to the Lions and the Browns. The Lions are 0 and 3 on the preseason uh with uh losses to the Patriots, Texans and Bills and the Browns 2 and 1 uh coming off a loss to the Bucks. Uh what are the factors you're looking at in this one?
4: Well, this one you, the Browns have been very good this preseason, but it kind of uh cost me a little as they uh <laughs> let the la- last score and cost me the cover. Uh, last week with uh, Cleveland letting in. But they've been pretty good in the preseason. But that's been mostly the, the first two units. And I don't think you're going to see um, most of those guys. So I think the Lions have a lot more to play for here. I think Detroit, uh, you know, when you're 0-3 in the preseason, it speaks volumes. And, you know, sometimes you start to feel the pressure. Uh, we do see this line. Uh, the Browns favored at 4 it opened. And the total at 33 and a half. We've seen it come all the way down to three and a half. Uh, with the total still standing set at 33 and a half, I like the underdog here uh, getting four points. I just think you have a lot more reason to, to give a little effort here.
1: All right. Those are preseason picks for week four of the preseason. Uh, we do have our early bird passes up on the website, picksandparlays.net, if you want a good little special. And we are back after the break talking college football. Stick with us on Picks and Parlays Radio.
0: that's 800-470-7113
1: and welcome back to picks and parlays radio here on the sports byline broadcast network i'm your host Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, one Pacific for Eastern, and also on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We stream the show live every weekday, and we always appreciate your feedback. Right now, let's get into some college football with Tony T. Uh, Tony T, before we get into today's games, uh, just wanted to kind of talk to you about uh, last week's or this weekend's games. Uh, It was kind of sloppy when it came to Miami and Florida. And then Arizona and Hawaii, a lot of points in that one. I think we expected that. Uh, but how can you uh, kind of take what we saw in week zero and apply it to uh, betting these first-week games?
6: Absolutely. Yes, yeah. so Chelsea, it's an exciting weekend of football. Definitely sloppy now. Felipe Franks for Florida, we did have question marks about his ability against really good defensive teams. That hasn't changed my opinion. Of course, I'll be a little concerned about back in Florida when they play LSU and Georgia down the line. But I will definitely tell you, I saw some upside in this Miami team. Yes, a young quarterback, Williams, played well. Uh, they got to be better on third down. Both teams got to be better on third down. But the glaring weakness there with Miami is really blocking the edge rushers. Let's face it, you know, these SEC teams, they promote defensive linemen in the NFL, and they definitely had issues blocking those edge rushers, uh, the, the, the Miami offensive line. I don't think Miami going to face that type of front four the rest of the way, maybe Virginia tech, if they turned it around, could be, could be, could give them a, a, a tussle there. But uh, really, I, I really came out with positive thoughts about Miami.
1: Right. Uh, it kind of changed my opinion about first year quarterbacks. Uh, Cause that was the question for Miami is if Williams can really handle the load and especially with some freshman offensive tackles, but they did a great job of scheming around it. They didn't ask him to do too much when you're betting teams with first year uh, starting quarterbacks, uh, does that take some of the pressure off? Like, is that more of a factor or less of a factor because of what you saw uh, at Miami?
6: Yeah, you can. But again, you got to wonder about the consistency. That's what I always worry about with these first-year starters is can they, can they carry this week to week? And, of course, the, there will be a lot of attention on this line. Maybe they'll run the football. But with Williams, I was, more, I, I was really impressed with his poise because he was, <laughs> he was getting some really tough pressure on him. And yeah, he, really he was scrambling for his well. life at points. Yeah, and no interceptions. He threw for over 200 yards. They're gonna to have to be better on third down. But that was Florida in his first in his first week. But again, what I'm gonna look for him is is consistency. Can he develop week to week? That's the big thing with these first year starters.
1: Right. Uh, any other thoughts uh, regarding that game moving forward? Do you think Florida's a top 10 team after seeing that?
6: You know, it's really hard to overreact on these first weeks. There's a lot that Florida can work on. Obviously, Frank's decision making. You know, it actually really kept Miami in that game. Uh, I right. was uh, really concerned the third down conversions, you'd expect an experienced quarterback. He will be a little better in those spots. That has me concerned. Again, they've got Georgia and LSU on the schedule. They're not really tested much until they get to the back end of their schedule. But, uh, you know, I, I would be concerned in that regard. Uh, of course, there's a lot of development for that Florida team. Definitely.
1: All right, so let's move on to the games we're supposed to talk about today. Let's start uh, with MTSU, Middle Tennessee State, at Michigan. Uh, Michigan is ranked seventh coming into the season, uh, last season 10 and three, seven and0 oh at home. Meanwhile, MTSU was the conference USA runners-up at eight and six. How do you see uh, this one playing out? What's the line? What's the total uh, and initial thoughts?
6: All right, Chelsea, yes, Michigan favored here, 33.5, total sits at 54. We're going to side here with Michigan, minus 33.5. Of course, Wolverines, we know their struggles against the upper echelon teams on their schedule, but they've been the bully. They blow out the lesser teams on their schedule. You look at them last year, 49-3 win to Western Michigan. They they beat Nebraska by 46-35. They defeated Penn State, and they beat Rutgers by 35. This inexperienced team on offense, eight starters back, four returning the offensive line, plus the tight end is experienced. Remember that old miss transfer, Shea Patterson? Well, he's back again for his second season. I think there should be a bump up in his production. And one thing to note with this Michigan team, we haven't, if you haven't really been doing your research on this team, one thing I found is they're modernizing their offense, Chelsea. Uh, no huddle spread attack, look for some run and, and pass options. This is to utilize the playmakers and speed on their offense. So quicker touchdown drives will mean more possessions would helps cover this number. But uh, interesting, Chelsea, see Jim Harbaugh with this new offensive system.
1: Well, I think he was probably tired of losing to Ohio State. <laughs> maybe <laughs> thought he could change something up uh, schematically to maybe catch him off guard or just try something new because it's not like the NFL uh, where you have just talent everywhere. College is a little different. I think Michigan recruits very well. Harbaugh's a good recruiter. Uh, but, I mean, if things aren't working, you've got to change it. And, I mean, they were 10-3 and last season, so it's not like they were bad. Uh, but if they want to make that next step, Maybe that's the answer. Do you see this new offense uh, putting up a lot of points? You mentioned how they uh, can kind of make big chunk plays, throw the ball more, because uh, 33 and a half is a big number, but Michigan's a good team.
6: Yes, they are. And one thing you look at Michigan is can this defense stay elite? That's what I believe they can. I mean, they've held opponents at 281 yards per game or fewer since Harbaugh has been with the team. They have five starters returning on defense, but I'm not worried about that because – Harbaugh has turned this defense to a reload not rebuild system. Remember in 2017 Chelsea Michigan had only one starter back on defense, yet they still held opponents at 18 points and 271 yards a game. So, keep the keep opponents off the scoreboard and you can run up you can, you can uh, have an up tempo offensive system uh, that could that could work out pretty well for this Michigan's team.
1: Yeah, last season, uh, Michigan didn't give up more than 21 points in 10 straight games uh, after losing in the opener to Notre Dame uh, 24-17. And then, of course, that big loss to Ohio State, 62-39. Uh, and then 41-15, that loss to Florida in the Peach Bowl. But other than that, uh, their defense, very stout. And MTSU, something worth mentioning, they are replacing a, a three-year, part of four years, uh, starting for- Back, uh, Luke Stoxel or um, Brent Stocksel. Uh it's, it's the head coach's son. They're replacing him, so that's a big gap in their offense. So it makes me question if they're going to be able to score some points.
6: Yeah, that's the worry here. Mid-major team replacing about a four-year starter. There's going to be a big drop-off in production. You know, there's a trio competing for that starting job. we got a couple of sophomores. we got a J.C. transfer from out here in L.A. looking to get the job. You know, last season with eight starters back on each side of the ball, the Blue Raiders still dropped some big decisions in their non-conference. They lost 35-7 to to Vanderbilt. They lost to, to uh, uh, Georgia uh, 49-7 in their bowl game. They were blown out by App State, a pretty good mid-major team, 45-13. So, yeah, the concern there is, uh, this, is a, this is definitely a middle Tennessee state that's going to rebuild, and I think it's a bad spot for them having to face Michigan uh, with that defense, of course, with that new offense as well.
1: Right, and it's Michigan at Michigan, uh, which is not an easy place to play. Uh let's move on to Houston at Oklahoma. This is a pretty interesting matchup. Uh I guess traditionally speaking, because Houston has had some of those years where they've had some big upsets. Uh last season they were eight and five, five and three in the uh, American athletic conference. Uh Oklahoma, of course, though, uh having a big season last last year, twelve and two. Uh, and part of the college football top four. How do you see this one playing out? What's the line? Uh, what's the total? Oklahoma
6: here favorite 23 and a half. The total sits at 83. And I'm going to take the underdog here. Houston Cougars plus 23 and a half. Boy, change, change, change on both sides here. Dana Horgerson takes over uh, this program. Remember the former West Virginia coach? Uh, this right. is a team that put up 44 points and 513 yards a game last year. You know, a season ago, Cougars brought back only five starters on offense. They still put up the big numbers. The team returns eight starters from last season, including their quarterback, Derek King, who they hope to throw more. They don't want to run too much because, as Hogerson said, he's the most important team on this roster. We cannot have him get hurt. And, of course, his receivers are back. Uh, He's got five playmakers. Out of those playmakers, Jeff, four of them are seniors. Many are saying that this Houston team uh, up, up there in elite category in the wide receiver position And, of course, uh, the offensive line has protected uh, very well. So, uh, you know, looking at this Houston team, you know, the defense experience. And, of course, uh, they'll be facing Oklahoma offense with a new quarterback back there.
1: These are two teams that have scored a lot of points. Uh, Houston last season scored 40-plus points in 10 of their games. And Oklahoma, 45-plus points in 10 of their games. How do you see the total in this one?
6: Yeah, total since at 83 that's kind of a high. tough number. That's very <laughs> high. So I'm kind of staying away from that total because uh, a lot of things can happen. I'm also concerned here. Jalen Hurts, the starting quarterback for Oklahoma. Now, you know, y- y- you kind of wonder, how is he going to adapt to this Big 12 style of offense? Because he's not as accurate throwing the ball downfield. So you may have a little bit more, a lot more com- incompleted passes. Uh, so I'm a little concerned that in that regard. And, of course, the Hogerson factor, he, you know, he left West Virginia, so he knows Oklahoma. Uh, and facing them every week in in that uh, in that uh, Big Twelve schedule, he left West Virginia. I think the word here is he came to Houston to try to get them promoted in the Big Twelve. That's the that's the word there of, uh, for uh, Hogerson here. But of course, you know, it's tough for Hertz. You know, he's he's coming in and after Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Uh, these are two top tier quarterbacks that got that d- were drafted highly in the NFL, of course. So the transfer here hurts. Uh, as I said, not a strong downfield passer. Different skill set here. i got to see how he adapts to this Big 12 style of offense before I would even play any overs with Oklahoma.
1: But you are taking Houston to cover.
6: I am taking Houston to cover that uh, plus 23 and All right. And a half We've
1: points. got uh, about a minute and a half left, so trying to <laughs> speed things along. Sorry, got a little carried away. Uh, let's move on to Fresno State at USC. What's the line and opening thoughts on this one?
6: USC favorite thirteen and a half total sits here at uh, fifty at fifty four. We're going to look here at the USC Trojans minus thirteen and a half. They do return their starting quarterback JT Daniels for his sophomore year. Expect that bump up in production. Now the Trojans bring in offensive coordinator Graham Harrow. air raid style offense, kind of a Big Twelve offense here. The receivers more freedom to get open showcase that speed no more throw to a spot and get tackled i think i think this is this is excited the program you see the excitement in the weight room on the playing field for the trojans i think his herald may be a pretty good catcher for the trojans at offensive coordinator
1: right fresno state is no cupcake though they were 12 and 2 uh last season and they've won 22 uh games in their last two seasons is there any reason to think that they could upset usc
6: Tough this year. Three starters back on offense. They lose McMurray in their quarterback. Uh, they have a break in a first-year quarterback. Their receiving crew. Four first-year starters there on, on the offensive line. That's going to be tough. And as well, 40 first-year players on the field for Fresno State. They redshirt a lot of players. That's a concern there for Fresno.
1: So who are you taking in this one?
6: Taking and take USC minus a 13 and a half.
3: Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $100 a month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network.
2: Whoa, four
7: free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four
3: free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep.
7: No, no. Something about the car?
3: Oh, you mean Boost Super Reliable Super Fast Network.
7: Before that, the car smashing thing.
3: What the smashing deal we got. Four lines for $100 a month?
7: No. Between the four lines for $100 a month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit.
3: I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones... Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offer for new customers only. INS 91619. First line is $100 a month. Lines 2 to 4 free. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. Mobile optimized data. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details.
0: Do you have a problem hearing the television? Do you need to crank up the volume so loud your family is screaming at you? Then put on your TV ears. TV Ears has helped millions of people just like you hear TV loud and clear without cranking up the volume. For about 60 bucks for the 30-day free trial, you can get your own set of TV Ears. When you wear TV Ears, you can mute the TV volume for private listening or let others watch TV with you. Order in the next 10 minutes and take us up on our 30-day home trial and very special price. TV Ears is a brand hearing professionals have trusted for more than 20 years. And through this special radio offer, you can get your very own for just $60. Just mention promo code RADIO. So put on your TV ears and make everyone happy. 800-984-4207. 800-984-4207. 800-984-4207. That's 800-984-4207.
1: And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day at 1 Pacific 4 Eastern here on Picks and Parlays Radio. And also, we stream the show live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you want to search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find. Right now, we've got Joe Duffy joining us for some baseball. Joe, hello. How are you doing? Chelsea,
8: I'm doing fantastic. It's football season, but like I said, still plenty of money to win in baseball. But how can you not love football season?
1: I know, especially this weekend. It was so chaotic with Andrew Luck retiring and the yeah. Sloth Fest that was Miami and Florida and then uh, the, the late night action for Arizona and Hawaii. Uh, just real quick, thoughts on Andrew Luck retiring and maybe how it affects betting.
8: Boy, you know, as far as real quick, I got plenty of thoughts on that, but as far as it affects the betting, I think if anything, the Colts are probably now going to be a chic team to go against. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have a little bit of value. You know, again, with Jacoby Brissett, they're not going to, teams aren't going to be able to prepare quite as well. So all the game films that they had, and I think, you know, any teams that did some advanced planning we're probably planning for Andrew Luck and I also think there's going to be a certain you know rally around adversity that'll help the Colts for a, a couple games early in the season but still it's it's really going to be a game by game adjustment and that's one of the reasons I don't like to make futures bets because I like to make adjustments game by game and I think the Colts are certainly personify the type of team that you definitely want to make game by game adjustments
1: right even though I don't see anybody uh seeing that coming <laughs> That was not something we expected when we talked about win totals uh, about a month ago. All right, so let's get to some baseball. Let's talk Pirates and Phillies. The Pirates have been one of the worst teams in baseball since the All-Star break, but they did just sweep the Reds in Pittsburgh. Uh, How do you see this Pirates and Phillies game lining up?
8: Yeah, and Chelsea, this kind of personifies, I just use that word again, this, guy, this game kind of sums up what we've been talking about when you asked me about some general things that I look for for the uh, rest of the year. Again, the public's going to immediately say, hey, the Phillies need this game more. The Phillies are the best play. But in reality, look, the Pirates got a lot of guys who are fighting for their careers, they're fighting for jobs, and they have a chance to play spoiler role. We all know the Phillies have been pretty much a disappointment. Uh, this year but of course if they can go on a you know nice winning streak they can still make the playoffs but all the pressure is on philadelphia uh, the bucks joe musgrove nine era over his last four starts he's one of those pitchers where his era is actually better on the road 4.02 compared to 5.35 at home but his whipping on base percentage are similar uh, best numbers are at night with a 410 era 294 on base percentage 1.17 whip not too bad vargas is though just the opposite substantially better at home especially with the ZRA, which is 2.95, compared to 5.23 on the road. So you really have both of these pitchers at least have pitched better. You know, the road pitchers pitch better on the road. The home pitcher has pitched better at home.
1: Uh, When you talk about the Phillies, the one thing I will say, uh, they have lost two of three to the Marlins. Uh, Before that, they had a two-game sweep at boston so that was some good wins for them there Uh, and obviously really low quality losses to the marlins but bryce harper is back off the paternity list so he's back with the team uh for this one after welcoming his son uh with his wife over the weekend uh do you see that being a factor in this one getting bryce harper back
8: yeah, and not only that, you know, a lot of people thought, and again, it goes back to my ninety percent of the game half is half mental Yogi Bearism. When they brought Charlie Manuel back to be the batting coach, that seemed to give them quite a lift. The first two games, they had a, a great, uh, you know, a great offensive production. Of course, you know, Bryce Harper. As much as maybe they want his batting average to be better, he hasn't been a disappointment. Yeah, like I said, they they, they would like his batting average to be a little bit higher, but of course, when you get him back in the lineup. And I don't know what it is about Miami. Miami has always done very well against Philadelphia. So it's not necessarily time to panic. The Phillies have plenty of time to turn it around. However, they just have to start playing better. And of course, you know, Philadelphia talk radio. They're ready to decapitate themselves. That's where they uh, decap, (laughs) you get it. But uh, there might be a managerial change before this year is out.
1: So who are you liking in this one? And also, what's the line on this one?
8: Now, I'm actually going to go with a rare case where I'm going to go with Pittsburgh plus the one and a half minus the 160. I'm going to take the runs. I have an anti-splits angle. That's a plus 169.84 units. Basically, Phillies are 10 games above 500 at home. Pirates, 12 games below 500 on the road. A lot of people are going to say, yeah, you got to go with the home team. No, the computer says regression to the mean. And when I play run lines, I usually lay the run and a half. In this case, I'm taking, taking the run and a half with Pittsburgh.
1: Uh, for Pittsburgh, two of their last three losses have been by one run. So you could yes. also take that into consideration.
8: And, and like, this is one of my few systems that says a run line take the run and a half. So that's kind of interesting. Basically, the computer essentially says, yeah, they might lose by a run tonight.
1: Right. Okay, so you're taking Pirates' run line in that one, correct? Yes.
8: Yes, that is that is correct, Chelsea.
1: All right, moving on to Arizona and San Francisco. The Diamondbacks have Alex Young uh, going on the mound tonight. 5-3, 4-4 ERA against Tyler Beatty of the Giants, who has not had a great season. 3 and 7 seven, five eight two ERA with not a whole lot of success. Alex Young started off ho- really hot uh, for the Diamondbacks, and he's kind of cooled since. I don't know if that's because the scouting reports are out. Uh, this is his first... Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, Big year in the big leagues, so not a whole lot of scouting info when it comes to Alex Young. Uh, How do you see this pitching matchup uh, affecting the game?
8: Yeah, and uh, Chelsea, that's kind of the general uh, thought that, you know, the pitcher, when he comes up, he's got a little bit of an advantage. But then once he goes around the league uh, once or twice, then teams start to catch up to him. Look, Alex Young, he's got some really interesting numbers. He's got a 4.04 ERA, which isn't very good. And now th- this year, it's not horrific. It would have been in past years. Not a very good ERA, but his one base percentage against is 2.89 and a 1.14 WHIP. So that would suggest he's been much better than his ERA is. But, but as you said, uh, the rest of the league seems to be catching up to him. 7.53 ERA, 382 on-base percentage against. And a 1.81 WHIP over his last three. He's one of those guys who's been better on the road um, than he has been at home. But uh, I agree with what you implied there, Chelsea. I think, you know, Alex is starting to struggle right now. I think that the the rest of the league is catching up to him. And like you said with Taylor B, not only has he not been very good all year, but over his last seven starts, 6.35 ERA and a 1.70 WHIP. Now, his numbers are slightly worse on the road, but they're, they're slightly better at night, so there's not much to read in as far as the splits are, are there. He's just consistently bad.
1: Well, and the Giants have been a team that are better on the road uh, than at home, and this one's in San Francisco. Uh, so who's the team? Are you taking a team in this one, or are you playing another play?
8: No, we're going to go with, with both of these pitchers uh, been pretty terrible. I'm going to bet against both of them. I'm going to go with over, over the nine.
1: So the over-under is nine.
8: Yes. We're going to That's go this pretty low, over.
1: considering yeah. these two pitchers. I guess Alex Young has been, uh, as far as his numbers go, 404 is, I don't think it's bad at all for this season in the big leagues. And I think he had a couple blow ups that are kind of ballooning uh, mm-hmm. that ERA because his last time out, six innings, three runs uh, versus the Rockies. So he's been pretty good. But Tyler Beatty is the problem for me uh, when looking at an under just because he's given up a lot of runs and a lot of home runs. Uh, so yeah. that's why I kind of like the over in this one as well. Uh, any other factors you might see in this one?
8: Oh, yeah, just just to repeat what you were saying, I do think that, you know, essentially when a guy has a fair, you know, his whip and his on-base percentage against are better than his ERA, that tells me that his numbers are deceiving, that he's actually been a, a better pitcher. So I would tend to agree with you as far as Young is concerned, your analysis of him, although... Like I said, as of late, so-so. But, yeah, his numbers aren't really all that bad. And then the, the key numbers, I think, which are more important than the ERA, are actually fairly impressive overall.
1: Right. The Beedy pitching for the Giants is the, the issue I'd have for taking it under. All right, so let's move on to Oakland and Kansas City. The A's uh, with Homer Bailey tonight, 11-8. and eight. 5.06 ERA and Brad Keller for Kansas City, seven and 13, 3.95 ERA. So one of their better starters uh, for the Royals. Uh, what's the line on this one, and how do you see it going?
8: Um, well, yeah. As far as Homer Bailey, he's been um, the line is uh, well. We're going to go with the under underdog, but we'll be getting a dollar thirty eight. And if you're going with the favorite, you're going to be laying about a dollar fifty. But Homer Bailey, five point oh six uh, ERA. 327 on-base percentage against, but he's been pitching a little bit better as of late. Um, You know, only one earned run over his last two starts, and that's 12 and two-thirds innings. He's got atrocious road numbers. Absolutely abysmal. 6.98 road ERA, 350 on-base percentage against, and a 1.53 whip. Now, I know it's very easy to make a joke about having a pitcher named Homer Bailey, but in reality, (laughs) his name is quite appropriate because... The home team is 16 and 9 in Homer Bailey's start. So, truly, you know, Homer, it's been a Homer um, t- Homer bet when Homer Bailey pitches. Uh, Brad Keller, you know, he's, he's got a very decent uh, ERA. They're 7 and 13. I'm sorry, they're actually 8 and 19 with him. So, just goes to show you, you can have a, a good pitcher, but you need to get some offense. Uh, three earned runs over his last two starts in and 12, and, uh, 12 innings pitch, allowing just 11 base runners. And his numbers are much better at home on a 286 on-base percentage and a 1.12 whip compared to on-the-road, where it's 349 and 146, respectively. Uh, bad teams off of a win are a good play, plus 205.29 units. And I also got a system that says the less successful pitcher, uh, based on season-to-date numbers, is a very good play at 231.43. And when both the it got a 17.7 return on investment so yeah my my bet here is going to be on kansas city
1: i'm wondering if the a's kind of play to their competition because lately that's been the case they swept the yankees they took three of four from the astros but then they turn around and lose to the the giants uh back to back 10-5 and 5-4 uh do you think this is more the same when it comes to the a's losing to a team that is probably worse than them
8: yeah, and that's something that I look for in some of the other sports like the NBA. I'm really into what I call predictably unpredictable. And I think that's part of the reason that that dynamics really works there because of the way that coaches like to rest their players, et cetera. Um, I, I really think that's a little bit more of an angle in some other sports, especially NBA, than it is in Major League Baseball. But, you know, it's, it's not something that I completely disregard. And it's much like, you know, when I had Miami um, in the football game, it's like, This was a team to get a a tough team to get a handle on. And when you have a team that's tough to get a handle on, for the most part, when you have a big underdog, that's usually a pretty good play. So when you do have a a team that's predictably unpredictable like that, going with a fairly big underdog is a good play. And that's what we're doing here is going with the underdog.
1: All right. Just to recap our baseball picks right now, we're taking Kansas City over the A's. We're taking the over in the Diamondbacks-Giants game and the Pirates run line over the Phillies. Those are our baseball picks. We've got a little bit of time left. Uh, Joe, thoughts on um, college football? You kind of alluded to it a little bit, but Miami, Florida, uh, any things you can take away from that game uh, when betting some of these games moving forward?
8: Yeah, that's interesting. And if I could just say very quickly, Chelsea, we were talking about, you asked me last week if I saw any trends that were going to develop in Major League Baseball. And I said, I think it was going to be more of an under year. Well, since then, since October the 20th, the under has been going under 47, 34, and 3 for 58%. So, so far, I've been right. Not that I've been blindly betting the under, but as far as college football, yeah, it's weird. Like, clearly, Miami has an upside on their offense. They were sloppy as possibly could be. Their defense seemed, seemed to be there. Uh, you know, they've got some speed, but if they can improve on their offense, This is probably going to be that now they might be the poster child of what I like to say predictably unpredictable. When Miami's getting like more than a touchdown, I think they're going to be a a pretty good bet to go with. But of course, they're going to have some easy games in the ACC. And when they're laying points, I would say, if anything, they would be a team that, to go against i do think that miami and again they of course they got the all right coach, sorry to,
1: i gave uh, you too much time we got to wrap nice. it up but always good stuff uh from joe duffy back after the break on picks and parlays
5: Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491.
7: Call now. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California
1: And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network here on this Monday afternoon. We had a great show, chock full of information and analysis for your next bets. Uh, We talked plenty of things. And if you want recap for any of our college football games or NFL preseason games, we have a YouTube page that has all of our picks, they're cut up into nice little segments, so if you think you missed some of our game previews, you can always head over to our YouTube page. If you search Picks and Parlays on YouTube, it's very easy to find. Let's get into our recaps of today's picks, starting with Craig Trapp's NFL preseason picks for week four. Uh, Eagles at Jets, taking the Jets minus three in that one. Falcons at Jags. Take the Jaguars, minus three and a half, because the Falcons have not won a preseason game in four years. Uh, Lions at Browns, taking the Lions in this one, plus three and a half. And moving on to Tony T's college football week one picks. MTSU, uh, Middle Tennessee State at Michigan. Uh, We're taking Michigan to cover that huge number, 33 and a half, but we like Michigan to cover that one. Uh, Houston at Oklahoma taking the Cougs plus 23 and a half. That's Houston and Fresno State at USC. We're taking the Trojans minus 13 and a half. Uh, and then finally, our baseball picks of the day with Joe Duffy, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia taking the Pirates plus one and a half. Uh, on the run line over Philadelphia, Arizona, San Francisco. We're taking the Giants uh, and the over, or I believe we're just taking the over, over nine. Uh, not a whole lot of faith when it comes to Tyler Beatty and Alex Young uh, to have run totals that low. And Oakland, K- Kansas City, we're taking the Royals at plus 130. Those are our picks. We're back every weekday, 1 Pacific, for Eastern here on Picks and Parlays Radio. See you tomorrow.